Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God. Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew. Welcome to worship. For the past few weeks, we've been going through a sermon series called A Song of the Week, where we break down Psalm 23, a beloved passage uh, for many people. Psalm 23 is very um, relatable in today's time because it teaches us that life is, you know, chaotic, that we are vulnerable, we are weak at times, we're lost and feel helpless. But thankfully, it also tells us that there's a good shepherd, the Lord, our shepherd, that leads and guides us. Today, I'm going to be breaking down Psalm 23, verse 3, which leads, uh, which says, he guides me in path of righteousness for his namesake. I have three pros and questions for you that I'll try to answer based on what the text says. Uh, these are my three points. What is the right path? Why is it important? How can we apply it? What is the right path? Why is it important? And how do we apply it? First point, uh, what is the right path? First, I, first I want to break down our verse into three different parts. The first part is, he leads me, he, or he guides me. In verse 2, it says, he leads me in path um, of quiet waters, right? Uh, in verse 3, is the same thing. He guides me in path of righteousness, which leads to the second part. Uh, he, the good shepherd, is guiding toward the righteousness, path of righteousness. Part 2 says, path of righteousness, uh, because righteousness is a big theme in the Bible. Righteousness basically means you're presentable or accepted, right, in God's presence. Genesis 3 says Adam and Eve was kicked out of God's presence because they're deemed unrighteous. So the good shepherd, he guides us in path of righteousness. The third part is for his namesake, which means whatever that is honoring to God, whatever that is pleasing to God. So our verse today is basically saying the good shepherd is guiding us uh, in path of righteousness for whatever that is acceptable and honorable to his name. Now, what this verse is telling us is that there is a right path in life. The right path, in short, means following Jesus, wherever he goes. Because the good shepherd will lead you towards safety, where there's not that many rocky roads, uh, where there won't be that many animals. Uh, the righteous path right path is a safe path uh, in his presence. But if there's a right path, that means there's also a wrong path. Um, because right path leads you toward green pastures, quiet waters, uh, path towards restoration, right? But the wrong path, that means opposite. It, it may lead you to wilderness. It will lead you towards stormy waters. It will lead you towards destruction, so what is the right path? A path that follows Jesus, the good shepherd. 
Which leads me to my second point. Why is it important? Well, it's important because we don't often follow Jesus, right? Let's look at verse 2 um, real quick. Verse 2, the word for leading is nahal, which means to lead to drink, right? It's a specific word that is meant for you to, uh, uh, to drink, to water. Verse 3, the word for guide is nahach. I know they sound similar, but there's a nuance. There's a difference. Naha means uh, that he will guide you in the midst of wilderness. See, the reason why it's important that we talk about the right path and the wrong path is because today we live in a society that said there is no right path. There's no true path. All right, we live in a society that is very relative. Um, it's a rel- relative world. It says that you have to create your own path of righteousness. See, many people think that everybody has their own take on right, and you can't say that it's wrong because everybody's path towards righteousness is true to them. Which is why many people have a problem with Christianity because Christians say there's only one way to truth and life, and that's Jesus. Well, other people said no. Uh, other religions, such, such as Muslim and Hinduism, uh, Judaism, right? Hinduism, I think I said that before. Uh, but, you know, there are all these other religions, um, all these other paths of righteousness, right? It's true to them, as your religion might be true to you. People think that's being open-minded, but the, the mistake is that, too, is being narrow-minded, Right? That too is a very singular way of looking at your own righteousness or the right path. Tim Keller in his famous book, Reason for God, said this. It is no more narrow to claim that one religion is right than to claim that one way to think about all religion, namely that all are equal, is right. We're all exclusive in our beliefs about religion, but in different ways. Friends, we live in a relative world where there is no truth, right? Because... Right and wrong is depending on the individual, right? It's up to you. But that leads to more confusion. We don't know how to deal with, when th- uh, deal with things when things go wrong then, right? Think about the pandemic. There's so many people out there, right, with everything that's going on, COVID-19. We don't know, like, how to make sense of everything, right? Um, with the social injustice going on, with the racism, People don't know how to take it. People have all these different opinions and questions. Is it right or is it wrong? Nobody knows. Let's get more personal. Right? Some of you guys are probably wondering, did I pick the right career path? Right? Some of you guys are wondering, well, did I pick the right relationship? Uh, some of you guys are wondering if you picked the right spouse. I hope you don't. But that may be the case. And I think this is all because today people are so confused because they have no sense of right or wrong. They could pick and choose. See, the good path, the right path, righteous path is where the good shepherd leads you, right? The problem and the issues of our society is that we don't want to follow the good shepherd. Isaiah 53, 6 says this, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Naturally, our heart wants to do what we want to do. Naturally, um, we want to 
follow our own path of righteousness, um, even if it leads to danger, even if it leads to wilderness. So, if you don't follow the good shepherd, who do you follow? What do you follow? Whatever it is, that becomes a shepherd. Some of you guys may say, if I can only follow uh, what the culture has to say about beauty, then I'm on the right path because by following it, I get a sense of honor, praise, glory, sense of righteousness in what the world says about beauty. If I could only follow my boss, right? Uh, if I could only follow what my career has to say about me, then, you know, I'm on the right path because I receive a, a sense of honor, praise, glory, righteousness in my social status. If I follow my friends, my peers, uh, people around me, then I'm on the right path because I get a sense of honor, praise, glory, a sense of righteousness in their acceptance and approval. Friends, there's two reasons why that's a problem. Two big reasons. First, is offensive to God. The verse clearly says it's for his namesake, right? Jesus, the good shepherd, leads you in path of righteousness for his namesake. But who's the subject in all the examples I just gave? Me. God should be the center of our lives and us be part of his plan. But what we try to do in our hearts, we kick God out, we put ourselves in the center and have God be part of us or not be part of it at all. It's offensive. It's not pleasing. It's not a path that is honoring God. And the second problem is this. These worldly shepherds that you follow, whether it be the cultural trend, whether it be your boss, whether it's your peers, your friends, um, they, may, they may seem like they're, they're guiding you in path of righteousness. But in the end, it makes you more lonely. It makes you more anxious. Let me, let me explain, okay? When you follow the cultural trend about beauty, right, uh, you feel like you're in the right path because you, you feel a sense of honor, praise, glory, and righteousness. But what happens if you can't fulfill the standard that you start criticizing yourself? Or you feel bitter and you feel small. What happens if you can, but other people can't? Right? Then you start criticizing them. You, then you get big-headed and prideful. This is self-righteous because you think that you could earn your own righteousness. You could be acceptable in God's sight. All right? You, it makes it about you. When you follow your boss, what happens if you're confronted by a conflicting values? What if your boss says something racist? What if your boss tells you to do something that is illegal? Or if your career tells you to do something that's unethical? It will damage your character if you keep following that path. Let alone, you'll constantly feel anxious because you don't know if you did enough to be in. Because one mistake, and you're gone. Right? When you follow, let's say, your spouse, peers, parents, uh, whoever, Right? Because you feel like you're in the right path because you feel, you feel a sense of honor, praise, glory, righteousness in their acceptance and approval. What happens if they betray you? What happens if they reject you? It's like the end of the world, isn't it? Loss of hope. See, I'm trying to make a point here that if you follow the world's trend, 
right? If you keep following in this path of unrighteousness, you'll be more lonely and more desperate. If you follow the good shepherd, he will lead you indeed in path of uh, righteousness towards green pastures, towards quiet waters, and to restoration. If you believe that, how do we walk it? That's my third point. How do we walk? How do we apply? We must first understand what Jesus has done for us. And then we must follow after his footsteps. Let's talk about Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. Jesus was there from the beginning of time. Jesus was the one who made the green pastures. He's the one that could calm the stormy seas. Jesus is the one that restores your soul. And this Jesus was in heaven, right? His social status was to the roof. or there was no roof, right? Jesus had the ultimate social status. He was the beauty. He's the one who created beauty. He, he had everything. He had no reason to come down. But he did, right? Jesus, the Lord, became man. Jesus, our shepherd, became sheep. On earth, he lived a perfect life, righteous life that is pleasing to God and honoring to his name. But Jesus, when he came down, he was led by the Holy Spirit in Luke 4, after he was baptized to the wilderness. In Luke 23, it says that that Jesus was led to the cross, the ultimate wilderness. And on the cross, although Jesus lived a perfect life, he was judged by God as if he had lived the wrong life all his life. Jesus, although he lived a righteous life, he was judged unrighteous so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For, for our sake he made him to become sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus on the cross had received the ultimate punishment for us so that you and I might be accepted. He lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we should have died. If you believe that, this is what it's saying. See, the good shepherd is completely different from the worldly shepherd because the worldly shepherd says this. The worldly shepherd says, you have to go and earn your righteousness. But the good shepherd says, come and receive it. If you believe this, then it will give you peace and freedom in following Jesus. Because Jesus says, you are beautiful on the inside and out because I have made you in my image. First Samuel 16, 7 says, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Although, I mean, whatever you look like on the outside, all of our hearts, the Bible says all of our hearts are corroded and sinful. But because of what Jesus has done on the cross, when Jesus looks at you, he looks at, uh, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. Because when, when he saw Jesus on the cross, he saw you. You are beautiful inside and out. There goes your acceptance and approval. This means following Jesus will give you peace and freedom in knowing that even if you made a terrible mistake, your boss may, may fire you, but you were accepted into the kingdom of God because Jesus had died for you 
And it says in Isaiah that he has written your name at the palm of his hands. Look at the cross. The social status that you could gain is in heaven. Nobody can match that. There goes your acceptance and approval. Peace. Uh, This means following Jesus will give you peace and freedom. And knowing that even when people reject you, God will accept you. Because Jesus himself was rejected so that you could be accepted. Right? The opinions of others won't matter because Jesus, the Lord, our shepherd, is for us. Who could be against us? See, if you really believe this and you take this to heart, it will change the way we pray. Because we won't think that we have our own path of righteousness. Uh, We won't be that arrogant. It will humble us. We'll go to our knees in prayer and always say, God, please guide me. I don't know where I'm going. A good example of this is uh, George Madison, a blind preacher who apparently saw the world more clearly than most. In his response to Psalm 23, he prayed like this. He says, Restore my soul, O God. There are green pastures around me for which my eye has no lens. There are quiet waters beside me for which my ear has no cord. Restore my soul. The path on which I go is already the path of your righteousness. Open my eyes that I may behold its windows. Will you go to God in your prayer when you feel lost and when you feel like you're in the wilderness? Because it also should change the way we read scripture or cling to it. Uh, In the letter to Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He said, uh, right and wrong is relative in the world and only... And the only way right and wrong could be right and wrong is if, there are higher, if there's a higher moral law that tells right is right and wrong is wrong. Otherwise, there is no right and there is no wrong and everybody is subjected, uh, subjective to their own opinions. The higher moral law that Jesus clung to was scripture and is worth following because Jesus clung on to scripture throughout his whole life for his ministry and even death on the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he was quoting Psalm 22. What Psalm are we reading from today? It's Psalm 23. Because Jesus cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he was rejected. Uh, He is the only one worth following as the good shepherd in Psalm 23. We must cling to scripture as Jesus clings to scripture. Uh, we must look for it for guidance. Lastly, uh, I want to, as a friend, I want to encourage you to cling on to, on, on to people around you. Uh, people, your friends, your pastors, um, uh, your family members. I know I made a great deal about not following them. Well, that's because some, most of the time we put our hopes in them and we give them, unex- we give them an expectation that they can't really match, right? See, they're not, see, careers and all these other things, beauty, right, um, relationships, they're not bad things, but when the good things become ultimate things, it becomes an idol that replaces God. We need people around us because verse 4 says this, even when I walk through the valley of shadow of death, even when, that means sometimes going on the right path will feel like you're going on the wrong path. Sometimes going on the right path may be filled with darkness. But thankfully we have each other to 
point us out that if we're going on the wrong path, um, we have people that tell us. And if when things are hard, we have people to encourage us. So please cling on to, to God for guidance in your prayers and, and in the scripture. And let us cling on to one another and follow Jesus together. I have one last question for you before I leave. And that is, do you trust him? See, most of the time, we don't want to follow him because we don't really trust him. In the Garden of Eden, Eve didn't trust that what, Jesus, what God said for her, to her, uh, is good for her. Right? The serpent says, um, you'll, be, you'll be made like God. And she didn't trust him. Well, look at what Jesus has done for you on the cross. Will you believe me? Will you trust him? Will you allow him to guide you in path of righteousness for his namesake? Let's pray.